Hello, welcome to the Off The Rocks podcast. My name is Jen and I'm talking to Sarah. Hello. Hello, lovely. How's it going today? It's good. It's going good. You sound lovely. New microphone is... I've got a new mic, a sexy new mic. Yes. It was about time. So yeah, I got it via Amazon. I came a day early in the end, so I was well chuffed with that. So yeah, new mic, so hopefully the sound quality will be even better than it always has been. It's been pretty poor at times, actually. Sorry about that. And the um, content has been pretty poor at times as well. Content's been something I don't have a problem with. I think it's exceptional quality. You've got quite low standards, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. So today we have another listener letter slash email. And I thought you could read it out today. Oh, did you now? Okay. Hi, both. Got to say, totally love the podcast. Yes, you do have to say that. Well done. Uh, Always brightens me up and you both sound like such wise souls. Thank you. It's for this reason I wanted to get in touch for your thoughts on the following. My husband and I, I sound like the Queen. (laughs) That made me laugh a lot. Uh, Have been together for getting on for 10 years and have always been fairly adventurous. A couple of years ago, we started venturing into sex clubs, saunas, close to us and always had a fair to middling time. Uh, More recently, however, we have been talking about potentially opening up our relationship to other people, either separately or together. Really don't know how it will impact our relationship for the good or the better. I wondered if you had any opinions, advice or even experience which might help on this. Thanks and again, love the podcast. Signed, Concerned of Yorkshire, but you can call me David. (laughs) Oh, that's such a lovely letter. Thank you so much, David, if that is your real name. So... To clarify, this is from a gay man. He's married to another gay man, presumably. (laughs) That's generally how it works, I believe, yeah. And um, they want to basically have an open relationship, essentially. Or they're they're thinking about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, I have lots of opinions on that. (laughs) Don't know about advice, but um, obviously, if you have listened to this podcast, you'll realise that we don't claim to be professional advice givers and it's often more often than not with um, tongue-in-cheek and to be taken with a pinch of salt so do you want to start us off on that because you're gay (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really make any difference aside from the only part that I would need a bit more clarification on I suppose is the part where he mentions the sex clubs slash saunas I didn't really realize until you mentioned it after we had this email that sort of sex saunas are quite a gay man domain where they're quite blatantly advertised and you go sort of knowing that you don't just go for a sauna right yeah pretty much so what do you know about that then so I don't know an awful lot about gay saunas it is very much a a gay man thing uh but I did know when he said sauna that he didn't mean sort of after a swim at his local leisure center um it's it's a bit more involved than that so yeah as far as I know they are actually saunas but it's very much like a a kind of gale a gale a gay male hookup uh space so yeah if you know if you go there with your husband you would be we're not expected but there's certainly the option to to kind of hook up with other men would would be available really that's amazing i love how that's like a thing yeah i think i too i think it's fantastic the way that people are so like sexually adventurous and it's all sort of accepting in certain certain communities with certain people i know obviously heterosexual people have similar 
things and, and like I know quite a few people that have been to like sex parties and orgies and things but I think it's a bit more blatant it, or it Definitely, feels that way with yeah. with game certain gay men yeah certainly with gay men I mean as I said to you um before uh, you know if you wouldn't find any lesbians there they would be sat in their board shorts probably um <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a gay woman thing um uh, which you know is sort of um a shame, I guess, uh, but I definitely think that um, that gay men have got the right idea. They just sort of are quite open about asking for and looking for what they want and and getting it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. No, of course not. So I've got I've got opinions and and a bit of anecdotal stuff that I could share on the kind of polyamorous side of things and open relationship side of things because my husband and I have discussed the potential that we would consider that maybe in the future we're quite open to maybe doing that and shifting our relationship into that realm but I I obviously just think whatever you decide to do with your own life within your own relationships the fundamental thing needs to really be honesty at the core of it because obviously if you don't have that then it's just cheating on people and and deception and that just creates heartache and it's just not fair to to whoever you're with if you're not being completely honest about what it is that you want or what it is that you're doing so I mean to me it strikes me as really promising and healthy that David who wrote in is basically saying they're talking about it they're talking about potentially opening up their relationship to other people whether separately or together, and that they're concerned that, you know, would want, it seems like they'd want to protect their primary relationship ahead of anything else, because he seems to be concerned about, they don't know how it will impact for better or worse, which shows that he would obviously want to protect the relationship that he's in first and foremost, which I think is obviously a good thing. Mm. So do you have any experience with... Sex I clubs do. or uh, oh no, polyamory, no, anything, anything along that, those lines. Not that exciting. Um, no, I did. I did. Um, I took a kind of accidental foray into polyamory. Well, although I did say this, I you know, a couple of weeks after it sort of um, kicked off, I was like, oh yes, I'm polyamorous now. My friend said, oh, so you're dating multiple people, are you? And I was like, oh no, I'm not actually. They just are. Uh, so I was kind of coming at it from the side of oh, that's an unfortunate phrasing. Um, I was. <laughs> Oh, what's wrong with me? So basically, I was on Tinder at the time. This was a few years ago. And I was chatting to this uh, to this girl. And the story is reasonably funny and of how it all kind of um, how it all happened. We just sort of exchanged a few messages. And I was on a I was in Portugal, actually. and I was on a train from uh, Lisbon to Porto. All of your stories take place in really glamorous locales, (laughs) by the way. I was in New Zealand. It wasn't massively glamorous. We very nearly uh, missed the train. I was so sweaty from running to it because I got kind of lost in the supermarket because I was hungry. It was, yeah, it was a bit of a disaster. We finally got on this train and I think we both just needed, I was with my friend and we both just needed 10 minutes to kind of sit down and just kind of get our breath back. So I kind of opened my Tinder up and read this message and I was, and, and she'd sent me a message saying, um, what are you looking for or something? And I, I don't know, I just felt like it was phrased quite strangely. And I said, oh, that's a bit odd. What shall I say? So I just sent something kind of benign and 
actually I think I sent something stupid back like a sugar mummy and someone to make me sandwiches or something like that and I said you know what are you looking for and she said well actually you know I'm polyamorous I have a boyfriend I have a child and literally my face went oh that's disgusting (laughs) and it was like my friend was like what What? why what she said and I said you know she's got a boyfriend and and a kid and she wants to you know have stuff on the side and I said oh well I'm just not going to reply then and then after 10 minutes I was like well, I will reply. I mean, it's kind of rude not to. <laughs> and then 20 minutes in, I was like, I'm actually really on board with this. I think this could be fun. And the more that I thought about it, the more I was kind of like, well, why the fuck not? Like, I'm not necessarily looking for a wife. So so wait, 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 wait. Let's rewind slightly. So during the time where you were like, that's not for me and mm. a bit of communication and then you were all on board racing over to a house, knickers around <laughs> your ankles, most likely. What was the convincer? Um, <laughs> she was like, I will make you sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't really know. A desperation, maybe? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, you know, I, I'm not really a, a Tinder person. Like, Tinder tends to be, although I have had, I have had a lot of luck on Tinder. A lot of sex but, using um, Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> at least three times. Tinder's um, known as quite a, I don't, I've never used Tinder myself, but it's sort of regarded as the one to just have hookups, right? Out yeah, of all of them. it's definitely more of a, the sleazier, uh, the sleazier one. So I don't know, I, I just, I didn't really, I, the funny thing is, is when she asked that, I, I don't think I really did know what I was looking for. I just, you know, I, sex wasn't front and center but I hadn't had sex for a long time and that was definitely one of the motivations uh, for going on there so I just kind of thought it through and and actually in in all honesty I I kind of did it as a little bit of a challenge for myself to kind of test whether I could have like a casual relationship or a relationship that wasn't uh, kind of geared towards being a full-on proper committed monogamous relationship and because I guess I was sort of thinking about it before then, not the polyamorous side of things, but certainly I was just a bit scared really about being in a proper committed relationship. So it, I sort of began to see the appeal and, and also she was really hot. So, so you did know, you did you go through with it and meet up with yeah, her? Yeah, so, um, you know, I kind of initially replied saying, oh, you know, that's it's not really my bag, but like each to their own <laughs> after 10 minutes before being like, oh, I can't believe that. Um, and the more I chatted to her, the more I was kind of like, well, why, why the fuck not? Like, if you know, if it's not for me, then I don't have to, I don't have to kind of keep going with it. So when I got back from, um, uh, from Portugal, we, we went on a date and it was, um, it was a really good date, actually. And I did, I really fancied her and, we, you know, we kind of had a chat around uh, the polyamory stuff and can't remember exactly what she said. I mean, I was quite drunk. But so were I, you just I, having a relationship essentially or potentially with just her or her and her husband? No, no, boyfriend? just with her. So You weren't going on like dates with the both of them? <laughs> well, you say that. No, I wasn't. But in the end, it, it sort of, it took a weird turn. It ended up kind of going the way that I did, hadn't expected it to. 
I thought that, I mean, my concern was like, okay, I'm going to be dating this person and I'm probably going to really like them and I'll be too emotionally involved and then I'm going to get hurt and it's going to be a disaster. And that's what all my friends thought too. Uh, but it, actually, that's not what happened. So yeah, I kind of, I went on a date with her and, you know, we were kind of texting and, and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, why not? But I do remember, like, because we did kiss on that first date and I do remember getting a taxi. You slut. But I know, I am quite <laughs> slutty. Well, the weird thing, actually, at the time was that I was living with my mum and she lived with her boyfriend and son. So we didn't actually have, like, anywhere to kind of go back to um, because, you know, I kind of discovered, obviously, these kind of detail. Well, I knew that I was living with my mum, but I discovered that she, <laughs> she came as a surprise. It's <laughs> like, oh, shit, yes, I am. That's right. Um, so it it was sort of set up on this weird precedent when I was like, well, where are we, where are we going to hang out? How are we going to do um, this? You know, this yeah. is going to be like a casual thing. And yet, actually, we don't have anywhere to go. But uh, she lived in Birmingham and, um, and my uh, good friend lives in Birmingham. So... Uh, yeah, that was that was the first date. But I do remember getting the taxi back to my friend's house and actually feeling really flat. Like normally after a really good date, I would kind of be like quite hyper and be like, wow, that was great. And I did feel weird. So I guess from the off, something wasn't quite right. But I, you know, I, I kind of I really was intrigued to kind of push my own boundaries as to where it could go. So we kind of went on, you know, more dates and stuff. It was... It was a really strange experience, but I think mostly because she was a bit strange. And, you know, the more that we kind of spoke about polyamory and stuff, and, I, you know, I, who am I to question her um, her intent and the reasons she was doing it and all that kind of stuff? Like, I barely knew her. But what I found weird was that... Um, so she, she had, like, her primary, which was, you know, her kid's father and who she lived with and, and all that kind of stuff. And he was and then, aware of the whole situation, right? Yeah, and he, he was doing it as well. Like, he dated other people and slept with other people so you know it was completely open and and did you ever meet him uh no I didn't was that part of the arrangement that you didn't have to cross paths well it didn't really it it didn't really get that far I don't know if I ever but I think potentially I would have done I think she told me about um like she'd met some of his tertiaries I believe were called um Mm. but what I found weird about it in the end is that I kind of my understanding of polyamory and obviously each to their own and do it your own way but I kind of thought that the idea was that you know you have these connections with different people and that kind of within your own connection like that's a very real thing that you you know essentially it's it's kind of like a well it is a relationship of sorts but so I found it weird because she used to talk about her boyfriend all the time and then it turned out she had another boyfriend as well like another tertiary and also a small child. I was like, how do you have the time for all of this? I just thinking that. I don't that. know. Like, you know, aside from the texting, but actually meeting up, I just seemed a lot. But she used to talk about them all the time. And in the end, I kind of, I was like, are you trying to make me jealous? I, I don't really get, like, why you're doing this. And I just became, I just found it weird. And I, it suddenly, for me, it felt like less about like this connection that we're supposed to have and more about this person was a little bit of a narcissist and um and then the not having anywhere I mean we we kind of slept together a couple of times like at my friend's house which was a bit kind of weird and seedy and then like once you know like we went on a date and um we went to the casino and like had some cocktails and stuff and then came back and then she ended up like 
you know, it's like two in the morning and she was like going through her Facebook, showing me loads of pictures of herself, like when she was pregnant and stuff. And I was like, I'm not really in it this, to be honest. Like, this is weird. And then, you know, like, and then she was kind of like, oh, I'm sorry, but you know, I am, I'm just going to have to go. I'm not in a very good headspace at the moment. And, and I'm like, I'm kind of getting, I thought this was in a way kind of friends with benefits. I'm not really getting any of the benefits. Um, <laughs> Which, to be fair, you know, I'll hold my hands up that if a guy said that, I'm sure that people would be like, oh, but I was just exploring it and it ended up being just a bit boring. So, um, yeah, I just kind of got bored in the end and and I actually think I just stopped texting her back, which is not really like me, but I did. It was a, it was a really strange situation, but mostly not so much because of the polyamory, more because she was just a strange person. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have to click with somebody if you're going to hit it off. And it doesn't really sound like there was much there to to carry it. Well, there sort of was and there wasn't. I mean, there definitely was to begin with. I mean, she was really interesting and she was really smart. She was a writer and like, but I just felt like there was this layer of, I sort of felt like she was almost playing a bit of a, a game for her own entertainment like none of it felt very real to me and I, I kind of thought that that was the whole point is that you know it's it's either for sex or for connection or for both and we weren't really having sex and the connection was a bit sort of weird so, uh, you know like her just constantly talking about her like I would text her and she would like I made a joke and she said oh like her boyfriend's name just call him Sam she's like oh Sam said blah, blah, blah. and I'm like why like, are you reading my texts out to your boyfriend? Like, that's weird, I thought. but um, That's part of the, um, that would be part of the problematic nature there, wouldn't it, of being involved in any sort of polyamorous situation? Because essentially, it just means that you're having multiple intimate slash sexual relationships with more than one partner and all of them are consenting to it. That's essentially just in a nutshell what polyamory is. So clearly the situation would be a person very spread thin and therefore yeah. the people on the receiving ends of it i.e you in this situation because it's not like you were having multiple no. relationships at the same time you would naturally feel kind of mm, i don't really know where i am in the pecking order if she's doing it with several people it was just that you know i kind of like like ethical what's it called Eth oh, whatever polyamory like the whole ethical thing is monogamy yeah. Is that right? But yeah. it's, no, it's not monogamy though, is it? Non-monogamy. Ethical non-monogamy, that's the one. Like, I, I just think that, from my understanding, the whole premise is that it's incredibly respectful to like everyone involved. And I didn't, I definitely didn't feel that from her. Like she was showing me pictures of her other boyfriend, like kind of sort of half naked. And I'm like, why are you showing You're me You're like, this? firstly, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like not interested, <laughs> not doing it for me. I just thought it was weird. So my experience is based on one person who I, I don't believe was kind of doing it in a particularly normal and respectful way. Yeah, but, she wasn't uh, playing the game properly. I don't think sense. so. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you make up your own rules, don't you? But if, if yeah. the other person isn't keen on the way that that's set up, then obviously that's not going to be enjoyable for you. Yeah. I think this is the problem because having a relationship with one person and trying to keep that really healthy and good and exciting and respectful and honest is so hard most people can't manage that properly for very long at least so basically 
polyamorous relationships means that you need to try and do that with more than one person but you've got to keep all the people happy about the fact that you're seeing other people Mm. and naturally I would imagine the most problematic thing within that would be jealousy yeah that's the problem that I think I would well I'm definitely not in the situation where I could successfully do that now because I just don't think that I'm capable of divorcing myself from the feelings of insecurity that I know that that would bring up and I would imagine that's what most people would struggle with you would regard it as being cheated on or it would have all those same feelings even if you had agreed to it and you obviously can't really do that unless you're robust enough to be able to share your primary relationship and I I know that at the moment I wouldn't be able to do that there'd have to be a lot of work and a lot of understanding and you'd have to come up with your own boundaries about what's acceptable and what's not and different bottom line behaviors and you know I, I know actually a few people that have entered into like open relationships and one of the things that one of the couples for instance they they have an agreement that they never bring anybody else back to their shared home yeah and the other thing is that I think if the other one wants to know any detail whatsoever, you have to like give full disclosure so you don't ever feel like you're you're being kept out of information that you would rather know. Yeah. Whereas other people, I think, say whatever you do in on these occasions, I don't want to know anything about it. I'm okay that you do it, but I don't want to have any of it coming back into our lives. Mm. So it's just I think it's you have to work out on those levels what you're going to be most comfortable with or not and it would be different for everybody yeah definitely I like setting those boundaries that you would have to you'd almost have to like write a contract up you'd have to be so clear with each other right from the off before you even did anything and the difficulty about that is you don't really know how you're going to feel when it actually happens and my only but I think I do believe that um you know it can be ethical and respectful and every you know all parties can be happy I think that's probably uh, the exception rather than the rule because I just think there's too for me I just think there's too many variables um, involved but hang on I forgot what I was going to say were you going down the sort of that's more natural than it is to to couple up forever no, what I was going to say was... <laughs> no, that's um, not what I was going at all. <laughs> no, shut up, Jen. I'm, I'm, I've got it there. I've got it. Um, no, I was just going to say, I think the most important thing before you make any kind of decisions is, is you know, I guess kind of going back to um, David's email, is discovering what your motivations are for wanting to do it. Because if they are very much based in the, the kind of ethos of polyamory, and everyone's on the same page, then that's one thing. But if really you're kind of in denial and it's more based around the fact that uh, you're not happy, and I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting that this is where David's coming from at all, because as you said, it does sound very healthy and very mutual that yeah, kind of considered. way that they've gone about it. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, I'm sure that it is quite a hot topic these days. I'm sure that there are people who just think, oh, well, I'm not really satisfied in this relationship so I'll just suggest having an open relationship because you know then I can keep living this easy life but also be satisfied in in areas that I'm not in this relationship and that it's never going to work then that because you know I think you have to have an exceptionally strong relationship to to be able to kind of do yeah it. I definitely think some people have described polyamory as having your cake and eating it mm. which in a way it's like well so what because it's not your relationship and 
also but then you know people used to say that about bisexuals as well and you know when I first came out like I did you come out first as a bisexual well I I did actually and was that the truth did you really believe that oh no I did I did believe I'm just gonna test how what the reaction is to this well I think unconsciously that's what I was doing but I think consciously I was uh, it was it's really hard to explain like I, I can't I find it really difficult to explain even to understand myself how I didn't know that I was gay until I was well or you know I thought I was bi to begin with but I, I didn't even put any of the pieces together until I was about 16 and that is not to say that I hadn't been struggling with it for years and years I just wasn't sitting down and thinking am I gay like I didn't have those questions or that language it was really really strange and I still kind of find it odd that I couldn't kind of put that all together but yeah initially I just sort of thought can I just stop you there because this is a really interesting conversation I think we should have an entire episode about this but how would you explain your sort of coming out like being honest about your sexuality was it a big ta-da <laughs> hey guys no. or was no, it a, definitely not how did I, it go then it was I think I think as soon as I did realize this, uh, and again this is kind of I think I mentioned this before that I have sort of memory blocks about big events in my life and I actually can't really rem- I can't really remember a moment where I was like, oh shit, like that's what this means. But obviously I had it. And as soon as I had that, I did feel the need to tell like people quite quickly, but certainly not in a, you know, a newsletter type way where everyone was told at once. I did it really gradually. I started with um, a friend that I knew would react well and would be absolutely fine about it. Um, and then I kind of told my two closest friends who I was a bit less sure about and they were want you know kind of a little bit iffy how do you mean what did they uh well, they were one shocked of was, one of them was fine yeah oh but this was kind of what surprised me that anyone was shocked really and you but you do have to remember this was kind of about 2001 so it was less in people's consciousness then you know I felt like I was kind of on the cusp of I think sort of five or so years earlier would have probably been a lot more difficult because I think at the end of the 90s there were things like queer as folk and bad girls (laughs) I know it sounds silly but like I do think that having those kind of cultural references consciousness yeah yeah, like it it sort of did normalize it a lot for people so I, I do feel like I was really on the cusp of people kind of you it sort of expected people to be okay but at the same time it's not like they'd be like, oh, no big deal. Whereas I think sort of five years later, you know, like, and certainly now, it it's not, I mean, obviously it's still an issue for some people, but for a lot of people in, you know, reasonably liberal kind of environments, most people would just sort of go, oh, okay, like, you know, that's cool. It's not even yeah. particularly interesting anymore. But yeah, I, I you know, I t- so I told my friends and I was uh, 17, I think, at the time. So we were still, you know, we weren't adults yet. And... Do you remember My being friends. sort of nervous about it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was, you know, I was, it was a huge, it was a huge deal um, because I wasn't quite at the point where I was even 100% sure or okay about it. And yeah, like I say, I initially came out as bi just because I kind of was like, oh, well, I like girls, but I didn't, I guess I just wasn't quite ready to say, and I don't like boys. Mm. Um, so I did that. And and I yeah, so I told my friends and the reaction was, I guess, kind of tepid. Um, no one massively freaked out and no one sort of uh, disowned me and said they didn't want to be my friends. But at the same time, afterwards, no one talked about it. It was just ignored. And particularly because I'd said I was bi, 
they still expected me to join in on the, oh, he's really hot and that, but no one ever said anything about girls. So it was just kind of, it was ignored. And then as time went on, I became a lot more comfortable with it myself and then said, you know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gay. And so then it, it was sort of a lot more settled. And then I got into a relationship when I was, yeah, about 17. And I was a lot more comfortable with it. And it's when you become comfortable with it yourself that people around you, are they kind of have no choice but to be comfortable with it, you know? Um, if you start sort of making comments like, oh, she's really hot, then eventually it becomes normal and it doesn't become this weird kind of secret, sordid thing. I find so, yeah, it that's... really strange oh, thanks, and wrong. <laughs> Gay people are and strange. Unnatural. <laughs> that was clearly a joke. <laughs> no, that was not the end of my sentence. Um, no, I find it, it's such a weird concept and it's such a wrong concept that at some yeah. point anybody would have to announce or feel the need that they have to announce their sexual preferences. This is the gender of so, the people that I'd like in my bed and it's yeah. nothing to do with you, but I still, everyone feels like they should be told. It, yeah, it's, it's so wrong, bizarre. so unnecessary and uh, I don't know. I, just, I obviously haven't experienced that, and I've got I've had gay friends, and I've never. I, I don't think I've ever felt in any way any notion of a feeling of homophobia in my life, and I can't. When I've come across people that have and they're behaving in that way, one obviously I find it abhorrent. Two, I find it so just. It's so old-fashioned to the point of, like, they're feeling like they're just an alien, like they're not a real yeah. evolved yeah. human being, like they've just literally stepped off a different planet and this is their first, I don't know, and even then it's like a planet that has obviously never had spectrums of things, which is clearly what sexuality is and always has been. This is not a new thing. It's not something that, oh, there's lots of gay people around now. It never used to be like that. And I've heard people say that. It's like, yeah, it's always been that way. It's just it used to be illegal. Um, was, people uh, would get I, killed, basically, and lynched. And they still are in some places in the world for being yeah, honest I about that. important to remember that, yeah, it's terrifying that in, mm. some, in, in a, a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of countries where it is still illegal and, and certainly frowned upon. But I think I was kind of um, of the age where people were starting to say things like, oh, they're just doing it to be trendy or for the attention or it's just a phase or, you know, all those kind of things. Like it wasn't, um, there is a big difference between tolerance and acceptance. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, I definitely realise is that there are, most people will tolerate it, but that's that's one thing. It's, you know, seeing you as equal and as normal and as, or, I mean, I'm not particularly normal, but you know what I mean. Like to to see it as a not a subhuman behaviour. No. Uh, yeah, it's completely it's completely different. And I never I never really faced homophobia as such. Um, like the I mean, I remember once walking around the village that I grew up in, and someone just shouted lesbian out the car window and I was like you know that's not really an insult like that's just an observation. Descriptor. <laughs> yeah so I mean stuff like that I suppose I was supposed to be insulted by but uh, mostly it was um, it was okay and uh, and for me you know at that sort of age being 17 
I, by the time I was um, 18 and ready to go to uni, you know, I was in a relationship. I was um, completely okay with it. All of my friends knew uh, I was absolutely fine. So I just went to uni and, you know, it was pretty much like, hi, I'm Sarah, I'm gay. Uh, and people, there was no coming out after that. Even that though, it's like, that's kind of strange because straight people don't feel the need to say, hi, oh, I'm Jen, I'm straight. I mean, I didn't actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but I, saying no, that, I remember when we did the podcast and I remember saying, it's probably something you should mention but I suppose it's a bit different because obviously podcasts are you have to basically say the things that you're going to cover and your basic basic descriptions about who you are and to give people mm. an idea of what they might be in store for but in a way it doesn't really sit well with me that I felt in a way that we should be making that clear I don't know I don't know if you felt that if you were like neither here nor there or yeah it's important it's something I'd like to discuss as a topic at some I, points or I, Definitely. I wonder if people could relate to that, but it's kind of strange because I wouldn't and don't ever get people asking me about my sexuality. No, it's it's an interesting one. It's it's definitely not something that I think is important, but I also I'm I'm very very aware that I have become incredibly um you know you become lazy. a poster child for gay women. <laughs> Uh, well, we can we can but hope <laughs> you might find me posted on the uh, walls of the gay saunas. Um, <laughs> I don't find I, I'm aware that um, that the reason that I can be apathetic about it is because people have fought really fucking hard for me to be yeah. able to be, to do that, and I'm that is not lost on me. Mm-hmm. However, that said, it is of no interest to me. I really no, I, and I it don't doesn't define you of, as a person in any way. Aside from your sexual relationships, which are conducted in private, so it only really is important in your your private sexual activity, which is nobody else's concern or business unless you want to talk about it and make it public. Like, and also like the way that certain people, older generations, I think mainly some of them, kind of view it as though it's this otherworldly thing. It's like Mm. it's exactly the same. It's just two of the same gender doing stuff that you do yourself with just a person of the other gender it's just not it's not even a topic really it's it is so bizarre and and like you said before it's like and also why are you spending that much time thinking about yeah thinking about it maybe don't like people think it's um again not so much now but people certainly used to think that it was you know okay and normal and not weird to say so what do lesbians do in bed and I'm like well I mean a I'm like how do you not know I don't understand like I find that odd but b like I wouldn't just come up to you and be like so do you do anal like you know what's your bag (laughs) I just think it's a weird it's a weird thing to ask anybody like what they do you know unless it's like if you if it's your friend and you're chatting about about that specifics then yeah go go for it go as graphic as you like but like that's not an opener <laughs> for someone that you've just met no. um just because they're gay like and and you know what like i don't owe you any answers i i just find it odd i find it really really strange yeah same we've wandered off topic again oh, slightly but wildly but going back to polyamorous stuff if you were in a relationship again or you know the next time you're in one and you're girlfriend said to you would you consider being polyamorous and, and you agreed what would be do you think your basic boundaries for that sort of relationship mm. well I I know that it's not something that I would 
ever want well I don't know but I, I don't think it's something that I ever would want to do just purely on a basis of um energy I, I don't I don't have the energy <laughs> to... it would just tucker me out too much <laughs> well I mean it'd be good for my kind of fit general fitness and stamina but uh, no I just mean like emotional energy mm-hmm. and kind of like having I find it hard when I'm on like um I suppose this is quite lesbian of, of me in a way in that I can't really be talking to two people at once like on internet dating I just find it I just find it exhausting. I'm, I'm just like, I, my energy's here and I can't be toing and froing and remembering what we've talked about. And I, I find it, yeah, it's not for me. So in that respect, I can't see myself wanting to do it. But then on the other hand, I, you know, I was thinking about this like before we started talking today, when I was in long-term committed relationships, like a long time ago, you know, you do like, I would have, I would have like big crushes on people during them. And I was thinking about like, you know, what would it have been like if, and, and to be fair, like I, I generally was always really open with the people that I was in relationships with. We we didn't really have that jealousy thing where I'd just be like, I really fancy my boss at work. And they'd be like, all oh, right, okay. And that was fine and it was okay. And obviously crushes just kind of passed. But like, you know, it did just kind of made me think like what would happen if it would have been okay to kind of pursue that and how would how would that have gone and like would it just be a a kind of because I I do definitely uh, at the crux of it I don't believe in like there only being one person for you or soulmates or any of that bullshit like I'm not into that at all and I'm very like conscious and big on like connections with people I that is a, a thing that is I just think it's it's magical and lovely like how you can have all these multiple connections and they can fulfill all these different needs so on that level like yeah like it would be it would be kind of cool to to sort of pursue that but I'm personally not a jealous person I've never I've also I've never really had reason to that I'm aware of but I don't think that would be an issue so I don't know in terms of in terms of boundaries, I think I think I would probably be of the I don't want to know about it ilk. I've been, you know, like, let's go and do our own thing and explore these things that we want to explore, but I don't particularly want to come... Like, when I'm with you, I just want to be with you and I want it to be us and real and no one else involved. So I'd certainly never want to have, like, a, a three-way relationship. Like, I don't think that would that would work for me. What about you? I, for starters, would obviously insist, and I think that's the main thing. The difference between a polyamorous relationship and a sort of a standard relationship would be that you are just more honest about the fact that I'm attracted to that person in a standard relationship. I think that's certainly in my relationship. It's fairly common, not common, but certainly has been discussed in the past that when we've had feelings about other people or, you know, mm. you're attracted on a, on a, obviously on a surface level and that you have to just be aware of that and alive to it because if you're not, that's how you can wind up in trouble and start creating situations of sort of sexual intrigue and flirtation and and also it creates it creates guilt and shame yeah. when you shouldn't have guilt and shame around being physically attracted to another person because well, exactly. you don't pull your eyes out when you get in a, a relationship and stop being able to notice other attractive people so exactly and shame is just a spiral in into no good so yeah Sorry. and, and yeah. also deceit is a just it destroys relationships from the inside out and 
if you do start to deceive, like you say, you'll sort of get guilty and shameful and then that will breed more dishonesty and you'll start behaving in ways that are not authentic and the other person Mm. will start picking up on it and the distance between you will get wider and then the other person will either start to pick up on it and want answers or start snooping as to what's happening if you can't be honest about it or they'll pull away too and start doing a similar thing and I've seen that play out so many times in relationships it's played out in my own past relationships and it's horrible and it, it kind of all stems from a sort of dishonesty dishonesty with yourself about the true nature of how you feel yeah and I've also had relationships I'm sure we all have where they're just plain textbook rebound relationships where Mm. you get into one because you want to get over somebody else or you know you're just heartbroken and it it sort of snowballs into something else really quickly or I've had it as well where I'm clearly in the throes of a breakup and reeling from it and somebody else that's always sort of had a tab on me this was years ago knew about it and swooped straight in and before Classy. I knew it, yeah, I was, in a, I was in a relationship with them and it was toxic and awful. And obviously it just didn't end well. It's not a, not a good way to start anything like that. But yeah, so I think right from the start, you have to have in any good relationship, any good relationship whatsoever, whether that's a friendship or a familial relationship, a working relationship and your romantic sexual relationships, you've got to have for it to be healthy honesty honesty has got to be at the core of it really and and respect respect for the relationship and and that goes for if you feel like honestly that person is not for you you got into the relationship under the wrong circumstances you don't feel for them the way that you feel that you should or it's not reciprocated the the level of feeling or input into that relationship then you owe it to yourself because that's kind of a waste of your life and your time and you owe it to them to not waste their time stringing somebody along if you're not happy and you're not gen- you know, genuinely being honest about that. So, yeah, the, the core for me in any type of relationship would be honesty. And if I was to embark on a polyamorous slash open relationship, because I think they're kind of similar, really. Yeah. It's just about widening the relationship to beyond more than one person and but being honest with everybody involved. I think I'd be of the of the opinion that I'd want to know what was going on rather than I'd just turn a blind eye. I think I'd rather be aware. And I think that's the other thing as well. I think you can actually benefit in your own relationship from that level of honesty as well. I think that can that can actually be beneficial yeah. um, because there's, there's a level of feeling as though feeling as though the person that you're with is is desired and, and that also is attracted to other people there's a certain amount of that that's healthy for you because yeah they shouldn't be there because of a a marital contract they shouldn't be there because they're trapped by any other means they shouldn't be there because they've got nowhere else to go they should be there because they want to be and they're choosing to be with you and to, to invest in you and spend the majority of their spare time outside of work with you you know prioritizing you above other people that should be a choice not a consequence of something so it doesn't really do you any harm to know that they could leave and that can actually be a really healthy thought and it and to be reminded of that regularly that other people could find them attractive and and like likewise your partner can find other people attractive i think that's actually quite has like aphrodisiac qualities to well, it definitely have you are you familiar with um esther perel no 
She's a relationship uh, psychotherapist. She's got a brilliant kind of, it's, well, it's not really a podcast, but it, it's delivered as a podcast um, on Audible. I think it's in iTunes as well. And you actually get to listen in to um, relationship uh, counselling sessions, which is fascinating because it's so different to uh, regular uh, regular counselling so as a psychotherapist like it's interesting for me from that respect but also you don't actually get to see inside anyone else's relationship but, you no. know you get a version of it but that's never the full picture uh, but she's written a book called uh, Mating in Captivity uh, just the the kind of crux of it is essentially that you know to it, it's sort of about how to keep um, passion of bit of a naff word but you know like how to keep passion in relationships and it is about kind of creating you have to on some level create some sort of tension because if it's too easy and familiar and all of those things that we can slip into with long-term relationships then you you don't want to have sex anymore that's just it's not a male female thing it's just a human thing that uh, we are attracted to to tension so yeah the idea that someone else is finding you know your partner attractive and that on some level even if it's you know it's not quite real but there is a, an element of competition then that could be like fantastic for your uh, for your relationship and to kind of judge it up a bit it's true <laughs> yeah <sure>. don't <laughs> use that word enough <laughs> yeah it's absolutely true and because it's it's an absolutely common thing people will be together and if they're faithful and monogamous and they don't really try to to work on the relationship and keep it alive beyond like a year or two like you say just it can go stale and you can take everything for granted and you don't realize what you've got you don't appreciate them as the person that they are you don't even look at them as an individual you look at them as an extension of yourself something that belongs to you and that is a dangerous way to look at your relationship I've known people that just have not had sex beyond like four or five years of a relationship they just don't have sex anymore in fact I had a conversation with a friend about this recently and I said you know because she was asking me do you think this is a problem and I said honestly yeah and so I just think we'll ignore that then at your peril because that is almost the crux of a romantic sexual partnership that's that makes the difference between a normal friendship and a familial relationship and a sexual relationship is the sexual element your relationship's on precarious ground if you ignore that it takes work but you've got to really work on the relationship and and invest in it and and be honest with yourself with the other person and do fun things and and keep it interesting and that that takes a bit of a bit of work and consideration it doesn't just occur happy relationships don't just magically occur not past the first year or two definitely not there's a um there's a phrase with my people uh, which is called uh, lesbian bed death uh, which is very very common because obviously i totally accept it happens in heterosexual gay whatever kind of relationships there are um just that you know familiarity thing mm. but i think it's particularly um particularly common and you have to work i think a bit harder to try and avoid it um in lesbian relationships because women are naturally companionable with each other uh, there is that kind of closeness that you have with you know your female friends that it's so hard to not fall into that and you know generalizing massively but you quite often have more of the same interests so you want to do things together Women are more tactile in general too, more tactile and and loving and and demonstrative. So it's almost like there's not much of a leap to a sexual element either. Yeah, you get, you know, you get 
the affection still but yeah you don't have to it it's it's sort of it terrifies me I don't like the idea of it which is why I like to personally put um lots of I wouldn't even say they're not really boundaries. I like to put obstacles in the way of my relationships. I like to seek out people who are, um, I mean, generally I, I do like an emotionally unavailable person that, you know, really does it for me. But also I like distance in terms of I don't like them to live too close to me. Uh, if they've got kids, that's ideal because um, they have a lot of other stuff going on and they don't want to see me like five nights a week. And you like them to be foreign, have a language barrier. I've done that. Yeah, emotionally that, switched that off. Yeah. Um, Lacking a sense or two. I'm sort of deadly serious. (laughs) I probably need to stop it. But, you know, I just like, I like having those obstacles because I think the, and also like the the sort of, it's a bit naff, but I think that like the writery, poety part of me thinks I really like missing people and kind of, you know, like that longing that you have when someone isn't there and you want to see them and you can't. Like that can, if you have that for like, long you know that's kind of a first bit of a relationship thing but then you get shacked up after like three weeks and then that disappears mm. and it all becomes really kind of but bo- not I mean not boring like there are obviously so many nice things that come in that uh, phase of sort of um that more comfortable stage but I kind of like to prolong the the first bit a little bit and yeah I mean I've just, just gone a bit extreme with it in yeah um what I've done in kind of recent relationships falling in love part of any relationship though is so it's it's quite literally like intoxicating it sends yeah. you into a temporary madness and mm-hmm. you're not in full control of your senses it, it is really all-encompassing and and kind of addictive you know I think people can get addicted to that which is why certain people would they would label themselves as sort of love addicts and well, it like, is um, chemical so it yeah. is you know what's going on in that in that moment is all like drug and dopamine and all that kind of stuff that is exactly the same as as you know and you need a hit like you know when mm. you're waiting for someone to text you back and you're just like oh god and then they do and you get all excited like that yeah. is very Highs much kind of addictive behavior yeah yeah but I think you hit the nail on the head a moment ago when you said, you know, it's just a different phase. That's the sort of honeymoon phase is what the people mm. call it. But um, there are different phases of things and, and one or the other. Because I think a lot of people, when they've been in long term relationships, they'll kind of look back wistfully about, oh, we're not in that phase yeah. anymore. It's, yeah. But I just think you're in a different phase, though, and it's it's as important and as lovely to be cosy and loved up and to know somebody on such a deep level totally. and to have built something with them and to have a history and shared references with them and to be able to really trust them because you know them and to have life goals in common and to grow together and to also knock the edges off each other as well, because that's a healthy part of a relationship where you don't stand for their bad behavior and vice versa and you have to grow you're forced to grow or, or the relationship would be in jeopardy and that's why a lot of relationships fail because you're not prepared to do the work it takes to make it last some of the time other times you just think no this isn't for me and I don't want this relationship and I don't like this person or whatever but there are different phases and going back to the listener email they're in a different phase of their relationship where they've gone through the start of it they've got the secure couple part of it they're obviously because they're married and now they're thinking could it go to a different phase of you know introducing it to sort of a wider sexual yeah wider audience (laughs) and um and there's nothing wrong with that like as long as it's 
consensual on on all sides. The only thing that sort of would be kind of morally wrong, and I, I think, is that if you did it without being fully honest with the other person, because obviously yeah. that's not polyamory at all. That's just cheating on somebody, which is you know, stupid. Like if you really want to have a situation where you have sex or flirtation with other people work out a way that you can do that without causing problems to the other person that if you're in a relationship with them you owe them that respect at the very least you owe them honesty about how you're feeling and what you'd like to do I can see why people can't get over that sort of thing because it's it kind of is unforgivable you know when you've got there and you've built all this this life with somebody and they betray you in that way it's um I think it would be really really hard to get over is now not the time for me to say that I'm a chronic cheater. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? No. <laughs> you're a one. No, you're I'm a one not. woman. Woman. I'm a woman. You are, yeah. aren't you? Though I think I, I think I generally am. But yeah, I've I've definitely cheated in the past. Quite spectacularly, I did, actually. I did once when I was, but uh, I was eighteen. I I don't know. I just don't get myself in those situations. It's also harder if you're gay, like because you do meet less people to cheat with you know like if just numbers wise in a a numbers game if you were quite often people might kind of um cheat with people that they meet at work or something like you just generally don't meet that many gay women but I'm sure if I did I still wouldn't cheat because I'm a good person yeah I think you value honesty and and commitment too highly to to be bothering with all of that and like you say it's it's hard work it actually is like to to cover your tracks and to be deceitful it's actually it's hard work and I think if you're if you're a decent person you don't live very well with that either I think you know you've got no, a conscience it and it eats alive, away I think yeah um, it de- when I've done it in the past and I'm talking years ago it really did it really really affected me and in a weird way although that wasn't the cause of the breakup it did in a roundabout way cause the breakup because I was so guilty and always felt like I should tell them. And I'd got advice from other people and they said, don't mention it like he did this to you and it's no wonder you did that and you're kind of on a break and it would just cause pain. Like there was all these justifications for it. There were all these justifications for it. And it was just this constant battle in my head that I just felt, no, I should be honest. But then I thought, yeah, but they're right. If I'm just honest for the sake of being honest, it will cause distress and it's a different kind of distress though isn't it I'd yeah. always rather have the distress that falls out of being honest than totally yeah being eaten alive and and also I think like that idea like relationships aren't transactional you know it's not like even if he's done this that you know it doesn't justify you to do that it just doesn't work like that like even no. if you know deep down that they've done a million things that are worse than what you're doing you're still doing it, you know, you're still a good person, you're still going to have the appropriate reactions to doing that. So, yeah, kind of don't don't really buy that. No, totally, I, I don't agree with that now. And um, I only, obviously at the time, bought into it because I was basically being a coward. I didn't want to own up to the fact that I'd done this thing that was clearly wrong and that would upset him and that put me in the light of um, someone that would deceive somebody and just be selfish. I, I didn't want to own up to that, I guess, so... So I didn't. That is such a lot of energy to put into that. And it took, because I'm not the sort of person that would just be able to do that and forget about it, it really took its toll. And yeah, um, yeah and uh, it's not a good way to behave in any in any respect. And anyway, being honest with somebody, it's not really about well, predicting that that would hurt them. 
because actually you don't know that they haven't done the same thing to you and it could actually give them relief rather than, yeah, <laughs> than yeah, pain they yeah. could actually then come out Definitely. and and that's happened before I know people that have come out with it and then they're like well seen as we've been honest I've actually done the same thing and it's that again d- doesn't make it right it just makes you human and this is a fairly common thing that happens but it doesn't make it same with loads of things that are common doesn't make it healthy just because it's a common thing like being gay yeah (laughs) (laughs) i am more homophobic than most people that you will meet i I do i i do love the gays really i just the, the idea that you choose to be gay i find absolutely baffling who on earth would choose to be something that is going to be more difficult regardless of how accepting society is it is still more difficult I wouldn't choose to and if I had my time again I would quite like to be straight <laughs> the truth be known yeah I think most of us would kind of like to just not have struggles if you could choose that yeah it's ludicrous that you could say of course you could you could choose today to go and sleep with a man that wouldn't change your sexuality though yeah that doesn't yeah in the same way that okay. I could choose I, I would say that I'm fairly in the middle on the spectrum really it doesn't it certainly doesn't repulse me at all and I have been attracted to women and I've had experiences on both sides but I would I would definitely be more on the straight side than the gay side but I I clearly see that there's a spectrum at play yeah and when I first met you very early on before you told me blatantly I'm gay or you know you started talking about I don't think you've even said that you just started talking about your girlfriends and stuff I knew that you were like it was so obvious to me you saw my hair I saw your hair. Gay saw hair, you gawping at my boobs. <laughs> Did you? I thought it was quite subtle. Um, no, it's really obvious to me, and I don't. It doesn't I don't give a toss. Like, why would I? Why the hell would I? But um, and the same with a lot of my male gay friends. Like, you know, instantly, you you know when you meet a, a fellow gay woman, right? You can kind of tell. Hello. Oh yeah, and like yeah. also, I mean, there are obviously like. Uh, physical descriptors which make it a lot easier you know like short hair and stuff like that but I can tell anyway like there's just a there's a quality that Mm. you can see that it just shines out of some people and it's really hard to describe sometimes because I'm not sure that like I think it you know gaydar is a naff kind of term but I do think it is slightly inbuilt if you are gay Mm. to just be able to pick up on something takes one to know one though doesn't it yeah in so many ways I can tell very quickly if someone's struggled with addiction problems in the past specifically with with alcohol because I have and so I can pick I can pick up on all of the tells and I don't have to blatantly say it it can almost be just a glance or yeah people who are sensitive and mental health struggles and quite often those two do actually go together but you can just that just shines out of someone like almost immediately and makes me really like them generally yeah same we have to wrap up now darling we do do. so I think we stayed fairly on point we didn't do bad we didn't didn't do what we did last week which was start by talking about vaginas and then carry on talking about vaginas when we were meant to be talking about boundaries that was yeah that was pretty extreme the discipline is uh, is improving <laughs> vaguely it's been a pleasure it has it has until next time sorry i stared at your boobs anytime you're only human <laughs> <laughs> they are good boobs <laughs> they are good boobs <laughs>